0: The MX Vice Show.
1: Welcome to episode 101 of the MX 5 Show podcast, coming to you after a very entertaining, if that's the right word, MXGP of France. Yes, MXGP 2022 finally has controversy. We had it every week last year, we've had to wait a 10 rounds this year, and it's come in a very different form to what everyone would expect. And spoiler alert, that's going to dominate a lot of this podcast, but we'll get into that in just a couple of minutes first. I need to thank Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Moto Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armor Nutrition. Thank you to them for their continued support. As always, we only align with the best, as proven by the fact that Rentful swept for MXGP and MX2 podiums at the weekend. Again, we only align with the best. Coming up, we have Leah Ask Vice Anything. That's your chance to get your questions answered. The Planet Moto bombshell of the week. I feel like we may just start with that, you know. And a lot more regular content that you can expect after 100 episodes of this thing. I feel like you all know the gist by this point in time. Part one of the MX Vice Show is presented by Fly Racing, who have redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula Helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula Helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high-velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rion Technology, Conehead EPS and a 12K carbon shell, the Formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula helmet has changed the game. Hitachi KTM, fueled by Milwaukee, used the Formula helmet in MXGP. Conrad Muse 2, when he's about. Hutton Metal Yamaha, they won EMX 250 at the weekend using the Fly Racing Formula helmet as well as the gear. So, Fly Racing, just present everywhere on the globe. I'm Lewis Phillips, your host. As always, I was in France right in the thick of the drama, really got a great perspective of everything that was going on. And co-hosting the show this week is James Burfield.
2: Ah, good evening, Lewis. How are you? Living a dream. Well, whilst your uh, controversial self was right in the thick of it in, uh, in France, uh, I was on the sofa. And, Do you uh, ever leave the sofa? <laughs> not not often these days. Is uh, a it's, Homer Simpson character, aren't it's, you? It's actually getting worse uh, and worse. I actually uh, managed five hours yesterday and then had to go home and have a sleep for seven hours. So um, let's just say this COVID thing uh, is, you know, it's, it's it's winning a little bit at the moment. But, you know, it's I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. It's just taking time.
1: Well, we're all inspired by your journey.
2: Thank you. I think oh. a lot of people are. Actually, interestingly, on Twitter, I've had quite a few people reach out to me. And um just say, uh, oh my God. Like I've had it too. I know exactly uh what you're going through. And actually it made me feel a little bit better. Well, kind of, because some people have had it for a year. Um uh, I'm hoping that I don't get it for a year. I'm hoping that it will clear up in a couple of weeks, a couple of paracetamols, and all that. But um, yeah, that kind of a year feeling like this, I can't imagine that. Damn. Damn indeed. Um, We're not here to
1: discuss COVID, that's old news at this point. We are here to discuss the MXGP of France, the Monster Energy MXGP of France, and the action that unfolded unfolded
2: on Saturday. So, And we're not talking about action on the track, are we, Lewis? No. um, They didn't even get that far.
1: Wary that at this point, a lot of you would have listened to the Jeremy Sewer podcast, the post-race podcast the Racer X review podcast, and maybe Pulp. So I'll keep a general overview before we go into it. But just to set the scene, um, it rained very hard on uh, Saturday midday. It was like a flash flood. Uh, it rained for no, definitely no longer than 30 minutes. But in those 30 minutes, the track went from bone dry to just a very muddy track. Um, A couple of MXGP riders voiced their concerns before the start of the MX2 race to the powers that be and felt as though they were ignored. Their concerns being, do we really want to go out in these conditions, risk stuff uh, for a race that effectively means nothing? There are no points on the line. This isn't the main show. Is there really a point in us doing this race? Was The general gist of the initial concerns. Um, They felt that they were ignored. Which riled them up a little bit, let's say. And the riders went away from that conversation and begun to discuss things amongst themselves. Then, when it came time to sit on the start or behind the start for the MXGP qualifying race, uh, 10 of the top guys decided that they would not race. They didn't see the point of it. They felt disrespected that their voices were not heard. Um, and as Jeremy Sewer put it, there were lots of little things that had been building over time and it went boom, at that moment. This wasn't about getting muddy. This wasn't about not wanting to do a mud race because, full disclosure, the track was rideable. Uh, There was a dry line, or in some corners, two dry lines I would have been able to get around. So it wasn't Indonesia 2017, uh, Bell Peak 2008. It wasn't a mudder of epic proportions. But still, for a qualifying race, there was no real point in risking bikes, bodies in those conditions. Um, but that wasn't the main issue here. The main issue was that the riders felt disrespected. They felt that their voices were not heard and they had a bit of a stand. Um, this conversation on the start line involved the riders uh, in front, CEO David Luongo and FIM president, or not president, FIM motocross man uh, Antonio last name I can't pronounce. Um <laughs> You were we going so well, wow, so professional. Um, so, uh, in this conversation, it did get heated on both sides. Comments were thrown around from the riders and from the other side uh, from the powers that be, such as taking up golf. And then on the flip side, um, riders were not overly happy and even went as far and pointed out that they do not see money from the event because of a main argument that came from in front side on the start line was. All of these fans are are here to see you. They're here to see a race. You're going to let them down, blah, blah, blah. And the rider's argument in return was, well, we don't see money from the event. So technically, the fans being here does not impact us one way or another. Harsh, and it is in no way a diss to the fans, but it's more encompassing the point that... um, they don't see money from the event as a whole, that being the fans or anything that comes with that. Program sales, uh, advertising, all of that sort of stuff. Prize money, effectively. So on the start, a lot of these things were hashed out. Now, uh, Jeremy Sewer, Prado, Tim Geyser, Glenn Coldenoff, Mitch Evans, uh, Pauls Jonas did not race. They all walked away from the qualifying race. The qualifying race went off eventually and uh, was won by Henry Jacoby. Now, it didn't die down there, and this is where I come in. So, obviously, uh, Jeremy has a great relationship with MX Vice. He enjoys MX Vice. So I text him immediately. My text to him as he was walking off the start line was, Hey, you look upset. Let's talk. So we talked. We did an interview, uh, which was good, because I feel like that helped outline everyone's... uh, Outlined the rider's true point of view. It outlined that this wasn't just about getting muddy. It helped fans understand where the riders were coming from and helped us get an overall picture of the situation. Now, full credit, on that Saturday night, David Luongo also did an interview, which I, f- I emphasise that, full credit, because I do feel like that wouldn't have happened in the past. Um, I do feel like that is the a sign of the times, maybe, and a sign of things, uh, things are improving in one aspect or another. So we got both sides Saturday night. Um, 24 hours later, things had not died down. The riders then A couple of riders then shared their unfiltered opinions in uh, the post-race podcast, coincidentally uh, presented by Fly Racing and the Formula Helmet, which have been listened to by the powers that be. So the riders have got their voice out there more. The riders have really took a stand here. And now the riders have been invited to a meeting this Friday with the FIM, with front to voice their concerns. Now, as far as I can make out, only the riders who actually protested have been invited. The riders who raced have not been invited as far as I can make out. I've just sent a couple of texts, and as far as I can make out, maybe I'm wrong, I think it's only the troublemakers who have been invited to the meeting, which I personally disagree with, because everyone deserves a voice, whether you raced or not. But anyway, thoughts?
2: Well, I think... You know, we've kind of gave our opinions over the last hundred and one shows, uh, or a hundred shows, about what we think should be. You know, changes, what should happen, and stuff like that. I think the fans and in people online have always, deep down, said prize money should be there. I think it was quoted uh, back in two thousand and four that they were taking prize money away once they once Ustream took over the uh, championship and they were going to be bringing it back. Unfortunately, you know, for 18 years it hasn't happened. Um I, you know, I don't want to play devil's advocate or sit on the fence, but I can see both sides. So I can see that um this model, um I don't think it's like fractured broken going to fall over and crumble. I think it it works, you know, 90% works for both parties. Um in front um bring everything they they make these gps happen in in countries around the world put it all together they're a promoter so they're doing that um and i think we've always said i think it's always been you know i I know i've been quite vocal about it that pay is the one thing which is is currently missing um for the riders at the moment and i think they're quite right in the fact that you know if they're getting paid to race a qualifying race um then I think it's a, it's it's not what they want, but at least they're getting paid for it. Um if, you know, we we've kind of said, you've said you've been quite vocal about the Saturday, a no-nothing quali- qualifying race, it just it makes no sense. So these are two things which we've been talking about for um probably about a past year, I would have thought. Um you've been very vocal about it. Um, I've been vocal on the prize money. You've been vocal on the the need for change on the Saturday. Can I um? Can I interject? Yes, please. Uh, this really wasn't about prize money.
1: I don't think the riders are that really concerned about that. They really don't. Um, okay, in the heat of the moment, that did that was thrown out there by one rider on the start line. But in all of my interviews after the race and talking to riders off the record, none of them actually mentioned prize money to me. Obviously, you didn't listen to the interview, so. I did,
2: thank you very much. What, all of them? Um, I, the only one I missed out on was Mitch. Oh, God. Well, you missed. <laughs> Mitch took it, to quote a comment
1: on Facebook wow, Mitch really took it to 100% and then a bit further. So um, he went very Australian <laughs> on the situation.
2: Damn. Um, I'll save um, the best for last then.
1: Uh, yeah, the riders off the record and on the record did not mention prize money to me. So I really, I don't think that even belongs in this conversation. Put it to one side. I don't actually think that is their concern. Now, devil's advocate, you could go, well, these are factory riders. Obviously, that's not their concern. If this was Henry Jacoby, Geordie uh, Tixier, uh, Brent Van Donick, who were protesting, maybe that would have been their primary gripe. So may- maybe that is a
2: uh of so, climate it, between the two. This wasn't fueled buy money
1: not at all this was just about respect and having a voice that was the bottom line they want like prado like basically each rider had their the riders had an overall concern but then each individual rider had their own personal gripe story from the past that kind of fueled them personally so prado said to me that um he voiced at Mataly to the FIM that the sun was so low that it was quite dangerous. And not that he didn't want to race, but he just, you know, put it out there that, look, this is quite sketchy. We can't see. Obviously, the riders are the only ones who can speak for that. And he felt ignored back then. So he brought that up again to me in France. So stuff like that obviously lives in your head. Um, You don't forget stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mitch said that in Spain, he rolled down to the track for free practice and was told that, his hair was too long, and he couldn't ride unless he tied it up. And his, again, his <laughs> thing to his thing to me was, well, that's round nine. Why are you telling me this now? And why are you telling me this as I'm rolling out onto the track for free practice? Like you could have found me an hour ago yesterday, sent me an email in the week. Like why am I hearing this hang, as I'm hang, going onto the track? Hang on a minute. So, so what's the danger of long hair? That's this isn't a new thing. Covington had to cut his hair for the same reason like seven years ago six years ago so that isn't a new thing
2: oh my god
1: Um, who knew They just want it tied up i guess it can get caught in a wheel or something if you crash um but again it isn't so much again you're 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 hyper focusing mitch wasn't saying i have an issue with my hair he was saying i have an issue with the communication and tell me that before i come onto the track he said i would quite happily tie it up i don't care But I need to, like, why tell me that at such a late point? So every rider had their individual thing that fueled their fire further. Um, Yeah. But bottom line, it came down to respect and it came down to wanting a voice. Which, so then the, the surprising thing here is 24 hours later, none of the riders had heard anything from in front or the FIM. So no one was approached. There were no discussions on Sunday, Saturday night. So on Sunday evening, the riders were a bit like concerned this was going to get swept under the rug. But Monday morning, around 11 a.m. midday, they all got an individual email inviting them to this meeting uh, Friday afternoon in Tushental. So they they are going to have a voice now. The interesting thing is what
2: happens next. Hmm. Can I can I ask because obviously I've I've heard what's you've. Like MX
1: Vice put out and what you said. Oh, I just like to reiterate again because I've been uh, on my publicity tour this week. I have a, I have outlined this everywhere. I'm signing? just a monkey. I'm just a monkey pushing a button. I'm not involved here. I am nothing more than a monkey pushing the button on a machine. I'm not involved. If you feel aggression towards me, if it's not my. I'm not involved. I just push a button on a machine. If anyone, if the powers that be are listening, I
2: push a button on a machine. A monkey could do it. Carry what on. what i'm what i would like to know uh i'm pretty sure maybe other people would like to know is obviously what was that seven riders that took a stand i think it was nine
1: but nine. then there were more who then didn't stand by their stand
2: right because what what i don't understand is like um like renault van horbeek um you know uh lapucci there is other factory riders okay, there I,
1: I do have um i do have good
2: good insight on this so I, I know, just want to know why why people chose to just you know why why would they not united like so, they're they're obviously all got their gripes they've all they've all got how they've all got safety why who, why did they choose to ride in? do, do you know any of this to, yes I know all of
1: this I was great. very very involved but at the same time not involved I'm just a monkey pushing the button on a machine um, to quote a rider. Who sent me a voice note on Monday? It went something like, Fuck, we're riders. We need to be more organized. We couldn't organize a fucking brothel. (laughs) To quote a rider. And that was, so this was a rider that raced for qualifying race. They said they didn't understand what the protest was about. Um, And also, I need to double check this, but when I said to Seward in the first podcast, protest, he kind of went, Protest? It's like, well, this is a protest. I don't know what how this isn't a protest but anyway um yeah this rider who raced for qualifying race said if they had known that it was about respect having a voice uh the saturday format in general they would have not raced as well but they thought because it wasn't communicated to them by the riders they thought it was just um about the track being muddy and they were like well fuck i'm gonna race i think it's fine so that's where It got a bit blurred lines of a further down you go. Right. Because yeah. There there was a bit of miscommunication there. Like this rider said they got to their little part on the box, like their little spot behind the gate, and Sewer was waiting there for them. Little Sewer, just (laughs) just bless him. Sewer was there waiting for them and went, Are you gonna race or not? And this rider went, "Uh, what, (laughs) what? Like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, like we're racing. And this rider was like, well, and Sua was like, well, you're going to be the only one uh, because we're not racing. So immediately this rider wasn't filled in, very confused at what was going on. So if I think that if this was something that every rider had heard the full story, maybe no one would have raced at that point. Um, So Renault specifically, Renault was on side with the riders. He was in the group saying, we're not racing, blah, blah, blah. But once he saw that other riders were racing, he felt peer pressured to race because of the fans. Now, the riders who didn't race are not happy about this because they're like, well, you're either with us or you're not. And they feel that him standing with the riders and saying, we're like, kumbaya, like we're all in this together. um, And then racing kind of prove that he doesn't have any balls. So that that's that's going on behind the scenes. I don't think the riders who protested have that much of an issue with the riders who just raced because that's their decision. But they are annoyed that Renault was on their side and then wasn't. Um. You mentioned Beaton. Uh, his trainer is Mark Deruva. Do you really think Mark Deruva wasn't going to let him race? <laughs> yeah. Also, side note: Deruva messaged me earlier and said, "I'll read out the texts." He said, he said. Uh, podcast this weekend. I will give you some juice about Saturday. You need to take some time for it. I will give you the podcast of the year. So, hello. Know. Who knows? Who knows what his <laughs> thoughts are? But I can almost guarantee that they are interested off, off the beaten track a little bit. <laughs> I do, I can almost guarantee that his thoughts are not in line with sewer, Prado, Geyser, etc., etc. Um. So. Yes. Right. <laughs> Basically. Yes. Look so, forward to that one then. Yeah, put that one in your diaries for Friday evening. Um So, yeah. So Deruva Deruva put on Instagram on Saturday evening that everyone was a rainbow rider. So like to to sum this up. I don't think there was any way in hell that Beaton was not going to be allowed to race the qualifying race. Yeah, <laughs> like, Hi, Mark. I really uh, feel like there is nothing that Beaton could have done to get himself out of racing the
2: qualifying like, race. Hi, Mark. I'm, I'm thinking about taking a stand with the riders about the unjustness of, of the series and, and not being respected. Get on the line, bitch. I feel like short of hanging
1: himself from the skybox, Beaton would have had to race anyway. Um, ben was going to not race, I believe, from, I haven't spoken to Ben specifically, but from what I hear, Ben was not going to race and was told by Antti to go back to his bike. So
2: that's why he was racing. And to uh, be fair, if Antti told me to go back to my bike, i would get right on my bike. Yes. Um, so, yeah.
1: But as far as the riders who protested go, uh, obviously this was the Monster Energy MXGP of France. Uh, KTM GasGas, Gas, Husqvarna are big sponsors of the series. Yamaha have a massive presence. As far as I can make out, None of the riders caught flack from their team or sponsors, as far as I can make out. I believe the team act- teams were actually kind of standing with the riders and saying, you do what you
2: think is right. It's a fair play to them for that. Well, um, at the end of the day, when, when I was listening to the riders, they are right. It's their lives on the line. It's, it's that just, simple. It's just about respect. They just want a voice.
1: And truth be told, The riders are very happy with me at the moment. Again, I'm not involved. But the riders are thankful that I gave them a voice because they feel like even that helped them. They feel like they just want a voice in some way, some form. Um, So the fact that they got to voice their concerns publicly, they were appreciative of that. So that's all they want. They want a voice. Uh, Even if it doesn't lead to anything, I think they want to just feel like they've been hurt. Um, So this weekend, they've got a meeting. The riders have a meeting on Friday afternoon. Friday morning there is a team managers meeting. I think it's good that the riders are having their own meeting because initially there was only going to be a team managers meeting and the team managers, I think do not have the same concerns as the riders. So I don't think that that would have really made progress on a situation from Saturday because the, the, the managers of the, t- the managers of the teams, Louis Vosters, Giacomo Garibaldi, um, etc, etc, are rich people who are running a team. So they obviously have a very different view on things than the rider, who obviously has their own concerns about them as a rider. Um, The team managers have a concern from a business point of view, when really, again, the riders don't care about a business point of view, they just want a voice and to have respect as riders. Um, So yeah, uh no one wants to qualify in race we know that we knew that already um every i've seen texts from mxgp riders who weren't in france and they said to watching again watching the situation from outside of france uh they said yeah the track was fine to race but if this was about saturdays and qualifying races and yeah full power to them um so yeah Uh, we'll see what happens this weekend my I think if I had to criticize both sides my criticism to in front is that they never should really I believe that in front should have said okay if you all feel like this then um, we're going to delay the start by 20 minutes let's step away into this quiet area and talk because the fact that it took place on the start line wasn't a good look for anyone well, I guess it's a protest, so maybe that is the best place for it. But if I was in front, I would have tried to defuse the situation by, like, hushing the riders into somewhere where they could talk, you know? Um, we haven't touched on, actually, one of the main points here. The, the first turn wasn't prepped, which I don't understand, because in the dry, in the sand, in the wet, in the snow, the first turn is always going to be prepped. At always.
2: club level. Or, At yeah, club but, level, yeah, the first turn is always we go to Every GP we go to, it's always prepped.
1: Yeah. So the first turn was left from the MX2 qualifying race. And even before they even started protesting, I said to someone, why haven't they touched the first turn? Like it made no sense to like, it um, immediately was like a red flag to me because why, why not? That's so normal. Um, and this is where it gets blurred lines because the riders say they wanted the first turn prepped, but then Luongo said that if they had asked, they would have done that. And it's like, well, okay. Well, the riders said they did ask. So at this point, hands up. I don't know. Who, like at this point, I'm just like, I'm out. Like the stories aren't matching up, so I'm out at that point. Ha- like as far as that specific thing goes, I'm out. Like who knows. Um, talking to Sewer after the podcast on Saturday, I pitched him my idea from this podcast last week. Which is if you remember the the 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. media time fan yep. time 1 p.m. free practice 4 p.m. Q1 uh 4:30 Q2 yep he loved it I then pitched it to some other riders and they loved it as well so just call, again for the second week running just call me Lewis Luongo um yeah I don't know what happens here I do the riders the riders are right they deserve a voice they deserve respect they should have as much of a say as they want and they should be able to sit in an interview with me and voice their concerns and voice their opinions and their their big opinions or their little opinions they deserve they do of course they deserve that um everyone deserves that whether you're a fan at home if you've got an opinion
2: share it within reason (laughs) Um, (laughs) i do i do like some of the fan opinions there are some which are, are quite sensible and there are some which obviously they've had a couple of strong bows and decided to get on the
0: keyboard.
1: Look, I, one thing that concerns me is um, the riders were obviously saying, look, there's no point in doing this race. Why are we doing a qualifying race? And I know that Luongo replied on the start line by going, okay, next year we have points for qualifying races, which isn't, that isn't it. That isn't the point the riders are getting across because then we've got three point races over a weekend and the risk level goes up astronomically. Um, that isn't the point that riders are getting across. So I hope that they can find a way to get their voice, get together, organize their voice and get it across in a clear way on Friday. Um, I know where the meeting is and I know what time. So I may hover around and see what I can hear. Um, I may do it like, like BBC News and stand outside with a microphone and live stream and be like, there's no movement yet, they're still in the mi- And then, like,
2: I like yeah, really really you cover it, yes. definitely do that. Like how now, they cover the royal birth as they come out, you sort of like catch the rider and yeah. you say, Jeremy, 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 a quick Jeremy. word, a quick word. And uh, no comment, no comment, Lewis. Like,
1: like Jeremy, uh, like, walks out of a meeting with a coat over his head because he doesn't want, doesn't want to be papped. And- yeah i like it we but then do- again i feel like that makes that's people the powers that be aren't gonna like that maybe i should stay, stay away from that idea <laughs> but i am interested and i will 100 percent be trying to do a podcast with a rider in that meeting on saturday or friday night because as much as it's private i also think this is a very public situation now and in the world that we live in which is very online uh Like, yeah, sure, let's find out what happened in that meeting. I personally think they should invite... Okay, this is purely selfish. I personally think they should invite two to three media people to observe the meeting, because that eliminates the he said, she said side of it. Because then I can come out of that meeting that I observed silently in the back corner and say on this podcast... Uh, yes, uh, the riders made this good point. In front had this good reply. They agreed on this. They came, they reached a common ground here. They were heard when they said this. This didn't go down like you know.
2: It would stop the whole he said, she said, he said, she said. Have you um, spoke to Infront and offered to take minutes? Um, I know where it is, and I reckon if I stand
1: outside, I would be able to hear what's going on. <laughs> oh my god! But I'm not going to do that. Um, of course, yeah. I'd probably be too busy with this like seventeen-hour Mark trooper podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're, go- we're gonna, have to, we're gonna, it's gonna be like the Super Bowl. We're probably gonna have a halftime show. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I think I uh, will just I go back to this. The riders deserve a voice. They do. So if they felt like that's what they needed to do to be heard, so be it. Like, yep more like i think they deserve to be heard maybe okay from both sides i think some things weren't handled exactly right both the riders side and in front side but at the end of the day everyone deserves an opinion the riders especially so if this is what they felt like they needed to do to get their point across more power to them and like i say i think they deserve to have an opinion every single week on every matter in the sport the way the tv coverage is the way the tracks are prepped, the way the format is, the calendar, everything. I think they deserve to have an opinion on everything. I really do. They're riders. They're just, as Sua kept saying in the podcast, they're act- they're the actors. <laughs> Which
2: you know, yeah, they are the actors. But it's not like I, I don't know. It's not I think under David Wongo, um, in front of of, of have like listened, have kind of yeah, and as I say, full like, credit to Luongo for to... doing that interview because that is a step forward. Because there's no way that would have happened six years ago. But they have tried to, like, you know, like push to p- push promotions. You know, bring in. You know, they have done. You know, they they get a lot of negativity, but they have done a lot of good stuff. Yeah, but and no um, one's disputing that. But no, again, I'm, I'm not, the riders,
1: just... the riders are in their own little bubble, and to them, that means nothing because their 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 little bubble is something that none of us really consider and even the team managers don't consider like their little bubble is something that only a rider would care about if you get me
2: yeah it's not what a fan cares about it's not what um and at the end of the day we can all
1: all look at the track and we can all look at this thing and this thing and have a comment on it and like in front can review the situation but at the end of the day as a rider
2: you're the only one who actually knows yeah well it's important that they felt they feel like they're being listened to in their ideas are being implemented I guess, you know, that, that that's important for them. It's important that in front, you know, as, as they say, they are the the main show. It is important that, you know, for it in front to get the best from the riders. If the riders feel more confident and um, riders feel more invested, then, then maybe they'll put more into it. I don't want to...
1: What you said there just reminded me of um, something Mitch said, and I don't want to repeat it because I don't want to have that quoted out of my mouth. But you should really listen to the Mitch interview.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I will do. I did, I did, uh, I, I, I was listening yesterday, and I got you know so far, and then uh, it's crazy when you got to do this like manual work in and, and stuff like my, that. My my favorite
1: quote from the, all of the interviews was jonas saying yeah i was just stood on the start looking around and then jeremy went is paul's here and i was like yeah i'm here like i really i don't know why that really made me laugh just because <laughs> i don't know it just really made me laugh like, i like paul's i've got a lot of time for paul's and he's gonna win a gp this year 100 we, we know we'll get
2: into that we know we know you um, have your little favorites
1: no just i've got time for i've got time for the people who have time like you know got time for everyone me <laughs> um so yeah uh any any other opinions on that I feel like we summed it up quite quickly, but also it's been beaten to death at this point, so.
2: Yeah, literally. Um yeah, every 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 conversation or everything that's come up is is been about the weekend. So yeah, I think uh Yeah, in uh I think you've talked about it on quite a few different podcasts and bits and pieces. So I think everybody knows what it is. Are oh, you angry at that? No. Why would okay. I be I angry? I don't know. I
1: didn't know if you were gonna find me for appearing in a Racer X podcast on pulp, etc.
2: Oh god, no, no. Um I'm used to it now. You're like a media whore.
1: Yep. You're lucky I'm doing this, to be honest.
2: Yeah, I know. We're just grateful to still have you.
1: Um, but yeah, we'll see this weekend. Very interesting. I am allowed to go. I've clarified that. Uh, <laughs> well, what well, it would be ridiculous for you not to... No, no, it's fine. Everyone, yeah. everyone, it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Just a monkey pushing a button.
2: I don't think people um, care whether you're fine or not. I think people just want to make sure that you're there to cover the news. Just a
1: monkey pushing a button.
2: Um yeah. You're giving too we'll much see. credit to a
1: monkey. Just a monkey pushing a button. Um a robot could do my machine. If there was a way for that button to push itself, then I'd be out of a job. Um Yeah. Very interesting though. It is very interesting. Like I don't know. Will something change? I don't know. But I hope I hope that even after this meeting on Friday, it doesn't get swept under the rug because I feel like this needs to be a constant conversation and a constant development. Especially like this is crunch time for next year. Um, both teams, riders, calendar wise, format wise. If there's going to be a change next year, the months of June and July are the time, a crunch time for it. So I hope that that is actually tackled in these meetings and the riders get their say again. Whether it happens or not, I just hope the riders feel heard
2: because. That's, that is important. It, of course it is. Of course it is. Right, I'm, I'm a bit bored of this now. I want silly season. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> of course, that is
1: your Planet Moto bombshell of the week. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain has never been better, thanks to the guys at Planet Moto Holidays. Dates through October to December 2022 are available to book now. Secure your spot for just £200 on planetmoto.co or message Planet Moto Holidays on Facebook and Instagram. Ride tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible. Spain has a plethora of tracks, world-class tracks, that you can ride with Planet Motor Holidays. They will transport your bike to Spain for you, which is, when I first heard about that, I almost fell off my chair because I didn't think that was something anyone would ever offer to do because it sounds like a slog. Um, So you could technically give them your bike, fly to Spain, have your personal bike there waiting for you. It's just a little nice touch, isn't it? Compared to going there and riding someone else's bike or a higher bike, having your own personal bike is a real, I feel like that's important because getting on another bike compared to your usual bike does feel like odd, but takes some adjustment. So Planet Motor Holidays, there's a reason they're the best in the business, and that is why. So there was no better response for Jeremy. After Jeremy dominated off the track on Saturday, there was no better response to that than dominating on the track on Sunday. Um, Our fifth winner in 2022, five winners in 12 rounds, no, five winners in 10 rounds, which is Quite the turnaround, considering where this thing was at after five or six rounds. Um, third Yamaha win in a row. Yamaha have now won the last six motos, thanks to Vlanderin, Renault, Sua and Koldenov. So they really shared those out. Um, yeah, nice to see Sua back where he belongs, but you know what an odd thing about Sua is? Uh, please tell us. I th- you, wouldn't, you definitely wouldn't call him inconsistent, would you? Like obviously not. He's raced one hundred and fifty-six GPs in
2: a row now. Three times vice world champion, is it? Three, four two, times, four times. So you would never call him inconsistent. No. Never. So I don't know what you call it,
1: but it feels like he is either winning a GP, like at the weekend, or like in uh, Trentino last year, or he's not in the mix to win the GP. What I'm saying is, you never see. I feel like I can't recall in on four fifty terms. Around where Sua, um like uh, went one three and just missed out on the overall, or went one two and missed out to a two one. You know, like I feel like if he's in the mix to win, he wins, and if he's not, if he doesn't win, he's only in the mix for podiums. Get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I yeah, I understand what you're saying. Which is bizarre because I can't I can't put my finger finger on why that is, other than a very broad term of when he's feeling it, he's feeling it.
2: And the last time he was feeling like that was Italy. Yep, Trentino last year. Um,
1: You know what, though? I think he wins again this weekend. Really? Because he said in Spain that Erne and Tushantar were two of his favourite tracks. They're not too different, set-up-wise. And he's clearly in a sweet spot with that now, after struggling, uh, thanks to... um, Well, you listen to the post-race podcast, so I don't even need to explain it to you this week. You don't? Um, uh, are you some, very good? How open he is, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I liked what he was saying. Was like when he was explaining to his mechanics, like um, they they kind of went one click or or too far one way, then it went too far the other way, and he was trying to explain to him he wanted that in the middle, and when they found it, it, it was like great. But yeah,
1: he um, bearing that in mind, I think I think he could win again this weekend. But then again, bloody hell, guys
2: has got to be due at some point, hasn't he? Yeah, um. Is it just a case of other people are riding better or Tim's, he made a couple of mistakes the weekend. Um, and he did look good. It it was just down to the front washed out, wasn't it on one corner? Um, and he, I think it was seven seconds what what separated the the top four in the last race. So I watched it. It was good racing and um that's good that's good we're glad i'm glad
1: that 45 minutes into this podcast we've managed to clarify that you watched it and it was good racing great
2: analysis thanks uh i was impressed with um glenn Coldenoff off again um back to before we get there back to geyser
1: yeah i do genuinely think this is just a case of when the ball's rolling it's rolling and when it stops rolling it's hard to get it rolling again momentum in any form of life any form of life when things are going your way they're going your way and then the second that momentum stops it's very hard to pick it back up again in your daily job in anything I, like i genuinely believe that like same like in yeah like in your daily job like it's just when the ball's
2: rolling the ball's rolling and See, I, I don't know i think i think he i think when he's winning it's great everything seems to go his way and it yeah, is the ball is rolling thing. yeah the ball is rolling. But I really do think it comes down to concentration because it's like when he's winning, he seems to be, you know, has that confidence and everything else. When he has got the pressure or he starts to, you know, goes on a little, you can feel like a little bit of a wobble coming and it does feel like it's a little bit of concentration. Like the mistakes he's making are just very, very simple, small mistakes, which seem to be quite costly for him. It's not like, they're big ones or big crashes or anything else. at the moment, it just seems to be a lack of concentration. even um well I guess so, but I, I guess the pressure and you know not f- having that feeling is affecting him in, in in concentration terms.
1: It's in every way as well, like um his average start, uh, not his average start, his starts over the last three rounds are one, six, three, seven, fifteen, eight. Obviously, he crashed in the first Moto uh, in Ernai and he did have the outside gate pick, but still, Sue and Prado did as well and they started in the top three both times. Although that was always going to be riskier for Geyser because typically he does struggle with starts. So, actually, if anyone was going to, if anyone was, if any rider who protested was putting themselves at risk by starting on the outside, it was Geyser because, like I say, starts are his bugaboo.
2: Yeah. But I genuinely do think it, it 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 just some seems to be some sort of. I would recommend Tim trying some armor fire. I think if Tim had armor fire, then I think he'd he would just that extra percent he needs would come from armor fire. I think Did,
1: he's been there, done that because he was sponsored in arm by armor in um. Oh, that was 2015.
2: Yeah, but that was way before they had supplements. That was back when he had an energy drink. That's that's great, James. So. Um, as so, say, Tim, call, so, Tim, if you're okay, listening brilliant. to this, forget about the uh, the whole, you know, little incident on the start line. Uh, pick up the phone, send me a message, um, and I'll get you sorted with some armor fire. Brilliant. Uh, think of um, it as Adderall, but good for you. Brilliant. Uh,
1: yeah, I feel like I feel like once Geyser starts winning again, then we're back to where we were. Rounds one, two, three, four, five, six, like. Once he once he gets that one win again, we're back. And oh, he's when, winning when, and winning and winning. Once he gets that win again, it's Borov. But for the time being, I think if you're other like, look, he extended his championship lead on Sunday and he wasn't even on the podium. So this thing is still over. But for the time being, I think if you're Prado Sewer, Koldenov, Renault, you've got to recognise that your time is now.
2: Yeah, and, and and things like last week, you know, you, you can't do that anymore. That's you know, in theory, Renault in front of his home crowd, you know, he had a good chance of getting 15 more points than Geyser last week. And if you're doing that each each week, then it soon quickly adds up and it gets that deficit down. But we we've seen this before, previous championships. When you're not taking those those opportunities, you're going to get punished for it. And and I, I definitely 100. This is Geyser's to lose now, and I don't think he will. I think you're right. I think he's going to get that one that one feeling and. He's going to put four or five together and that's the championship done. It's I funny do, though, I do expect Jeremy to be vice world champion for the fifth time.
1: No, that would be Prado. That would be Prado.: Really? Prado's getting there, pra- Prado, it's easy to forget, but Prado was injured a month ago, so well, actually less than a month ago. So what we saw at the weekend, I, I argue this. I argued this on uh, Racer X Review podcast. I think. What we saw from Prado at the beginning of each moto on Sunday was better than we have seen him all year. I think he was riding that well. A joy to watch. But obviously he's still lacking a bit of conditioning, a bit of that at the end of the motos from missing the time on the bike with his dislocated shoulder.
2: So if Prado doesn't beat Jeremy, because you think that Jeremy's going to win in Germany, Indonesia? What are you, what? Prado or Jeremy?
1: Or Tim? Or Renault? No, I'm just Glenn. saying, like, between them.
2: I don't Jeremy know. Jeremy beats Prado, Prado beats Jeremy. I don't know. But we were talking about second in the championship.
1: Yeah, I think I think Prado gets second in the championship. I think Sua gets third. I think Renault gets fourth. And I think Glenn gets fifth. Okay. Um, that seems logical to me. Obviously, Renault does have a bit of a bumper over the other two at the moment, but... I still feel, I still stand by the fact that he is a rookie, and that means that rookie things are going to happen to him. And also, who knows
2: where his head's at after the debacle at the weekend. So, so cold enough he can't seem to put the two motors together, can he? No, it's no, no. He crashed
1: in the first turn in motor one, and then crashed again at the bottom of the finish hill on lap two. So actually, it's a minor miracle that he got back to twelve. I have absolutely no idea how he pulled that off. On that track, how he got back to 12 is baffling to me. I'd actually, I, even saying it, I have no idea how he pulled that off. I also have no idea how he pulled off a podium finish because 12-1 is, yeah, not normal. But him winning the second race is a feel-good story of 2022, I think.
2: Well, I think it's a definitely a feel-good story, but I think performance uh, of the day uh, has to go to Van Donnick in that first race.
1: Oh, you're very jumpy, aren't you? Very, very
2: I know small. I know you don't like um to do things in I'm not I don't I don't not, like I'm not trying to go in an
1: order here. I'm just saying we start talking about Cold and you immediately want to go off. Like
2: I was just go- gonna say no, you you gave me a segue into a performance of the day. And I was like, I actually Hang no, on I a minute, a s- hang on a minute. Van Donink was with a third. What, it's, not, it's not too far off. It's not like I'm going from one crazy idea to another. It's performance wise. I think there's a shout out there to Van Donnick
1: with a third. What I wanted to say quickly about Koldenhoff is very interesting how Sewer was adamant that he was the faster rider in that second moto, huh?
2: What, Sewer wanted to get that point across?
1: Yeah, like he said straight up, I know I, I was faster in the second race, but I just didn't want to risk it and throw it away. Hmm. You heard that in the podcast, yes?
2: Yeah. It just seems well, like I, pro- it. I, I probably did, but um Yeah. I, do, I don't know if you've noticed this but i do have a few issues with my cognitive uh behavior at the moment so um yeah i do apologize you have a few issues in every way well that was before covid and now it's just got worse
1: but yeah goal uh, golf claps to van donick for a third golf claps to Jacoby for a fourth career bests for both of those riders um you know that riley racing team that van donick rides for they're very happy with him they think van donick's effort level his commitment his heart they love it all they're big they're big on van donick
2: that's cool yeah just signed nice for a second for the... signed for a second year do you think
1: uh, i'd expect him to go back um speaking of a rider who needs a deal for next year uh much much improved performance for ben watson
2: yeah what uh? What's the situation? Because uh, the word the, the weirdest thing was Ben's fastest lap was in the last lap. Yeah, that is Ben.
1: Welcome to the Ben Watson experience, where as everyone else gets tired and the track gets rougher, he just gets better and better and better. That's he- every. That's Ben on a two fifty. That's Ben on a four fifty Yamaha. That's Ben now. Ben is always better at the end of races.
2: Always. But he's still kind of recovering, hey, from what he went through. Yeah, his body's still like beaten. So, so to be able to pull that out in the last lap, you know, of race two, that's, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, well, it was just Ben. Every track, every conditions, just somehow always manages to get better as the race goes on. And if I was a team, I would notice that and go, "Huh, that's a good quality to have." But who am I?
2: Well, are you trying to sell his services?
1: Nope, just merely offering my opinion. Um, speaking of my opinion. So Jonas, again, interesting what Jonas said about his suspension, huh?
2: Uh, what did Jonas say about his suspension? Quickly realising that you may have not listened to the post-race podcast. Um, I bloody did! <laughs> this was a big part I well, was, I was doing it as I was packing and our customers coming in and everything else. So, you know, so, excuse um, me. He's been wanting a certain suspension setup
1: for some time now, and by the sounds of it, there was some pushback from Austria on it. Um but he got his way. He got what he wanted for France. He had it on the bike for the first time Saturday morning. And the difference was just clear for all to see. Like he just looked, well, he looked like Paul's Jonas Uh, could put the bike wherever he wanted to flow in everywhere. Spain. He looked stiff as an ironing board, but not so much in France. He looked just so comfortable in every part of the track, coming down the hills, snaking around the hills on the first sector, two and three, like, looked the bike just looked like it sat lovely everywhere and you could see that in his body language and everything he felt like he could push and his charges uh his charges his charges in both motos uh first motor he was caught in a fence for half a lap so like the fact that he got back to um 11th is again like cold enough very very impressive i have no idea how he managed that and in the second race, he made a mis- he was higher, but he made a mistake on the first or second lap, dropped to 12th or 13th, and got back to 7th. Again, very encouraging. And I think Jonas is on the podium this weekend. Okay. This um, weekend, you will have a sewer, Prado, Jonas podium.
2: What? So you think that Renault on a pack track is not going to podium? And what was, the, what was the track surface this past
1: weekend, please? Uh,
2: it's the pressure of the French crowd, everything that was okay, going just,
1: on. Okay, just, quite,
2: quite just wanted to clear that up. Um, so, you, so I'm just, I'm just saying. Renault... Oh, same as Geyser,
1: it's quite hard to leave Geyser off the podium there. It's quite hard to leave Colden off. Basically, at the moment, we have six riders in contention for the podium every weekend: Sewer, Prado, Jonas. Actually, no, seven because of Bogus. Bogus, yeah. Sewer, Jonas, Prado, Geyser. Bogers, Cold Renault. I think yeah, those are your seven podium contenders. And eventually Mitch as well, once he figures out his consistency and his starts and stuff. But he's getting there.
2: Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um Fernandez. Sit in the in the title standards at the moment. Is that where you kind of seen him at the start of the year? Very uh, the very
1: um very uh worth applause, worth very worthy of applause that fernandez has found some very good consistency lately because that was never his strong point um in the last it's, a, it's literally
2: the last six
1: gps he's put five, together five, seven, seven, six, seven. okay that was a 16 but i was with a crash i think uh yeah well, actually bloody hell if you look at so if you go from round six so the last five gps his his moto scores are 34651676775 so basically he is a fifth through seventh place rider on most days yeah which is which good is fine. in that class which is just just fine
2: it was uh, it was um it was interesting as well i had some uh, i had some uh, some comments sort of said to me from um uh, some british riders in 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 uh, obviously petrov who rode the weekend and uh, they, I think, they are all a little bit stunned with the the pace of of MXGP now, because uh, maybe being away from it for that long, um, I think uh, I think it shocked a, f- a few people with how quick those guys are at the front.
1: I saw Petrov for half a lap, and I have no idea what was going on for that half a lap. But it needs um, that music over the top you know like the like literally he crashed this is what caught my attention he crashed so i saw him picking his bike up he then rolled away uh went you know the big uphill triple yeah went to get off the track to get out of the way halfway up the uphill triple then it was so slippery there that it he very nearly did not make it up that hill it was like watching someone do a hill climb um and at that point, I looked away and was like, "Okay, this, this isn't go- this isn't going well." <laughs> wow. Um, quick notes on MXGP: Alberto Ferrato broken fib, so Damn. get well. He he is the guy who has paid the biggest price for Saturday's protest because outside starting gate, uh, first corner crash and broken fib. So that sucks for him. He'll be out for a while. I um, will tell you what, Miro Slivenin. Yep completely random name to bring out on this podcast
2: but um, impressive yeah um he, imp- he so you had he a,
1: showed something
2: you can have a go at me but you you can just throw out names see I, I think you've missed someone um glaringly obvious I'm, which is i'm I'm, I'm working
1: my way from the bottom up i'm just wrapping this up or before usland. we go to an ad alvin yeah, usland I'm just wrapping this up before we go to an ad so um Charlie, i was back with riley racing he's on a weird deal i don't really know what it is but basically he comes in when he wants so about what you will but he's still got an enduro deal uh vlandarin had brake issues in the second race crashed on crashed on the i think he was in the first corner crash in the first race and he crashed hit, on the uphill as well crashed into someone in the second race damages brakes and that was his day done he hit How,
2: who was the rider he went down on um i don't know but on it doesn't matter uphill. Uphill. i watched on tv but i can't remember highs
1: and lows of motocross with calvin vlandarin that's mm-hmm. the best way to put it at the moment uh patrell he was really good in the second race ran top five for a little bit and then crashed out but still nice to see patrell have a bit of flash and also arno tonus is uh training him at the moment so that's interesting Ah. uh mitch evans very impressive first moto he got lapped but then sat behind prado and sewer very comfortably like ran that pace for half a race absolutely no problem so maybe a little sign of things to come there uh like james said Usland did well with a 10th in the second race nope sorry a 14th in the second race actually 16 14 scores yeah it's about and what Pucci
2: continues to improve hey yep that's that's yep. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know i don't he know he was say it so dismissive of him on the two-stroke uh, well,
1: he's, he's not on a two-stroke
2: anymore. I um, know, that's what I'm saying. After you were, I know he swapped. But
1: I don't know if 2016 Moto scores are that impressive, that much of an improvement. But I, think right. I think
2: it's all right. think uh, it's all right. It's the best back. result so far this year for him.
1: Beaton's back, second week in a row, and continuing to build. And Jordi Tixier is just a 10th to 11th place guy every single week without fail, it seems. Right, that's part one of the Fly show uh fly racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with a formula helmet tested on the most advanced equipment in the world for formula helmets overall performance is best in class in both high velocity crashes as well as rotational and low speed impacts featuring rion technology conehead eps and a 12k carbon shell the formula's advanced impact system ais introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction Weighing only 1290 grams, we believe the Formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. Cannot recommend the Fly Racing Formula Helmet enough, and there are further advancements coming from Fly Racing, because of course, they continue to push the boundaries in every product category, year on year, month on month. So excited to see what Fly Racing have coming up. And uh Fly Racing's Jason Thomas will actually be in Germany, so you'll see him on MXGP TV. And you know what? Maybe I'll even try and find some time to do a podcast with him about his with his thoughts on MXGP as well as the first two rounds of Pro Motocross. Uh, thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix, Knee Braces, and Armor Nutrition. That's part one of the MX Fly Show, episode 101. We'll be back in two minutes with part two your questions answered a little bit of mx2 talk and more see you in a minute you are listening to the mx vice show known for producing the world's most effective neck braces liat continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe no matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free liat bulletproof velocity goggles Liat has you covered Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on
2: www.liat.com Prox Racing Parts supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the high level requirements that all motocross riders require Many of Prox's parts are actually made by the same suppliers
0: to the OEMs Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Evenstrokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com.
1: LIAT, protecting riders from head to toe. Check out liat.com for more.
2: Fly Racing has redefined expectations in safety and performance with the Formula helmet. Tested on the most advanced equipment in the world, the Formula helmet's overall performance is best in class in both high velocity crashes as well as rotational and low-speed impacts. Featuring Rayon Technology, Conehead EPS, and a 12K carbon shell, the formula's Advanced Impact System, AIS, introduced a new approach to both protection and weight reduction. Weighing only 1,290 grams, we believe the formula to be the perfect combination of industry-leading innovation and ultra-lightweight design. Simply put, the Formula Helmet has changed the game. The MX Vice
0: Show. Show.
1: Welcome back to episode 101 of the MX Vice Show podcast. This is part two, and part two is presented to you by Scott Sports. The Scott Prospect Amplifier Goggle not only defends, but also amplifies your vision while riding. The advanced pre-curved lenses are injection-molded to provide greatly improved contrast and optical clarity allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. With over 50 years of experience producing market-leading goggles for the motocross and off-road market, the engineers at Scott have taken off-road optical performance to the next level with the Scott Amplifier Prospect Goggle. The Scott Amplifier tint is designed to let some specific colours through to your eye while filtering out others to create a high contrast within the terrain that you are looking at. What are the main benefits of this technology? One, It allows you to see contours, ruts, and transitions in the dirt in ultra-high definition. Two, it works for motocross, enduro, rally, and everything in between. Three, it builds rider confidence, speed, and more through improved visual clarity. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com and amplify your vision. And of course, thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Right. What I think we're going to do, James. Yes, Lewis. Is we are going to go straight into Liat Ask Vice Anything.
0: Liat. Protecting riders from head to toe. Check out Liat.com for more.
1: Okay. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Straight in. Absolutely no messing around. Straight in.
2: No lube, just straight in.
1: Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, Liac continue to evolve year after year. The 2022 gear is available worldwide, and there are many lines for you to consider. The 3.5 ride kit, 4.5 jersey and pants, 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, and the 5.5 jersey and pants. There is so much to think about. There is an advanced range of moto helmets at Liat 2, including the 9.5 Carbon, 8.5 Composite, 7.5 and 3.5. The Liat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colours to suit all tastes. The 9.5, 8.5 and 7.5 helmets also come with a free pair of bulletproof velocity goggles. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on Liat.com. We are T-minus, uh, let's see here, we're in June. I think we are three months away from Liat's 2023 line. So, look forward to that, people. Of course, we'll have the news on the MX Vice show. But anyway, on with your questions in Liat Ask Vice Anything. Uh, what have we got here? Brad Myers 22. Any news if JH84 will be returning this year? Now, bizarrely, <laughs> i've officially lost track on what the hell is going on here (laughs) but um what's the latest i'm just from what i can figure out uh hurlings was on a tv show in the netherlands and said that they've operated on both of his feet he had casts on both feet and he'll be out for six weeks with the goal of being fit for next year now if he's only off the bike for six weeks that takes him to The end of July, so maybe he's back in September. Maybe he does the last two, three rounds and then the Nations. Who knows? But for the time being, he has had an operation on both feet, and yeah. So do we know why he's had an operation on on both feet? Well, it was always a plan, so maybe it just got delayed a little bit. I don't know. I'm very confused because it was always a plan, but then it was delayed because he was riding more, and KTM didn't know what was going on. But now he's had the operation, and I'm confused. Okay. I would have liked to see what would have happened if Hurlings was there at the weekend. Because I feel like he would have been a very vocal person in the protest. Do you think?
2: I think. What? See, one question I was going to ask you is, wh- where do you think Caroli would have stood? Oh, he hates the qualifying race, I believe. Really? So he it's was... He... O-
1: it's only Geyser who likes the qualifying race and he was also in the protest. But again, it wasn't just about that. It was about respect and being heard. So... um. Uh, we don't need to ask that. Uh, Aston one three nine. Lewis. Other than motocross, do you actually like anything else? <laughs> um, I don't think it, I don't. I think it's the same for everyone, isn't it? Everyone just kind of has one main interest, and then that's it. I think. Yeah, yeah, because so,
2: that's normality, Lewis.
1: Yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure you are one hundred percent normal.
2: Everyone so? just has one interest and nothing else in their life. Uh underscore zach.com why is it taking oh, so long a for so what was the answer just across and that's it
1: Well i can't think of anything else
2: what about I like music going,
1: i quite like going to casinos
2: casinos are so gambling how much um, do you usually gamble when you go to a casino this
1: i don't have not been to a casino in like five years
2: <laughs> right so <laughs> um, you, the other thing you like is casinos but you've not been there for five years
1: no one cares anyway. Right. Underscore Zach Why is it taking so do. long? Okay. Underscore Zach Why is it taking so long for episode 100? Uh, James has well documented that at the beginning of his podcast he was poorly. I can tell you more
2: about how it's no, been. We don't need through that. Covid. Um, if anybody that. has suffered through long covid, feels like no one's listening to them, just need someone to talk to. You, give me a shout. Uh,
1: Kevin wonders forty five. Why does MxGP not have a head of riders or something who can talk to in front? Um, well, in a they way,
2: no, didn't they? Didn't they have? Not When, quite, it, when, it, when Rui was something to do yeah, with but, it,
1: but that was just about track prep. So he was just a liaison between in front and the right or youth stream back then and the riders for track prep. But the problem is, the problem was that a lot of riders, like there were Friday evening meetings, and a lot of riders didn't bother showing up in the end. So.
2: That doesn't That's help. That's the
1: problem. That is the, that is kind of the main problem. But he was for the closest thing we've had to that. Um, I think after every rider listened to that sewer podcast, they now think sewer would be a great sp- spokesperson. But hey,
2: he is now marked by the FIM as a troublemaker.
1: He wasn't the leader, though. He was very adamant about that. I still dispute it because he did go down the line and talk to every rider individually. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Tell them he's going to cut them up unless they... Uh, I they almost just... laughed. I I almost burst out laughing on a podcast when after denying himself being the leader, he was like, yeah, so I went down the line and spoke to every rider individually. Was like, well, <laughs> yes, because that's not what leaders do. Uh, How carl crossland 26 how can your ideas to improve mxgp be put into reality i guess he's talking about my ideas from last week with the saturday format um well you just you'd you change for saturday
2: format <laughs> no he's like how, how would you make it happen I,
1: I i would when i make for schedule for saturday i'd put my idea in <laughs> i'd type my idea instead of maybe, maybe
2: he's kind of saying like would you go to in front and you know give a presentation oh no no (laughs) no
1: i think i've lost that ability (laughs) um (laughs) what do you mean you've lost that ability i don't know where i stand after the weekend (laughs) i'm not involved i'm just a monkey pushing a button (laughs) you keep saying that yeah, but you could look at the fact that I was the one who voiced who put the riders opinions out into the public. Yeah, but that's your job. That's what MX Vice is. Yeah, but typically people don't do that. I had other media people thank me for having the balls to do that and I was like, "What?" Like, I just That's I our just, job. I just did my job.
2: But I that's just how, spoke that, to the rider. That's how we started. That's Believe literally me. In the British me. Championship. That's what we got banned for.
1: Believe me. All I wanted to do was watch Hangtown, but no. Fucking Jeremy has to do a little protest and ruin my plans, and I had to go and do an interview instead of watching Hangtown. Fuming I was. That was really the main reason I went to speak to him, was to tell him off. Couldn't he have done it some other time? Saturday morning? Not while Hangtown's on. Jesus. Um, I'm joking, obviously. At L Night 32, at what point do you in front acknowledge that there is something wrong? Gates are empty, tracks are boring, qualifying race is a waste of time, Uh blah, blah, blah. They just need to be honest and say that they won't do that as it costs them money. No, I disagree with all of that. The tracks aren't boring. Erne! Also, we never touched on this. So this was the first time we went to Erne since 2017.
2: Five we years. need to go there every year. It's a great track. I freaking love it.
1: From the second I walked in, I was like, oh fuck, I forgot how good this is. Like, It's
2: really good. Is, um, that, I think, is that the track where Max um landed on at the Nations?
0: Yeah. Mm. Um.
1: Yeah, I think erne needs to be on the calendar every year and you know what we have so many italian gps let's have two french gps let's have erne in may april and let's have saint jean in august september
2: why not i think france deserve that because the amount of people which go out and how passionate the french crowd is well the surprising thing was super alive in france i love it i guess
1: it i guess it's not surprising but like there was a lot of belgian fa- flags uh dutch flags so it was like it was a good spread of nationalities in the crowd at the weekend
2: yes yeah, easy to get to
1: um and also uh, on l night 32's point of like in front admitting that okay maybe everything isn't perfect i feel like by having a meeting with the riders this friday that is them saying okay tell us what what can be better because that's kind of them going okay maybe we need to hear these opinions but i don't know um uh Oh, see, this is, this is where it gets tricky. Thomas underscore SB93. Do the 10 riders on Saturday know how they let fans down with actions like that?
2: I don't think they did
1: let fans down. At the end of the day, it was just a qualifying race. It wasn't the main show. If you'd gone there and you hadn't had a chance to see those riders at all, then obviously you would have been let down. But at the end of the day, it was one of six sessions on the weekend. Yeah. So I... I don't think that they let the fans down, honestly. I really don't, because I'll circle back to it. They deserve to have a voice, and if that's what they felt like they needed to do to get respect, then they deserve to do that. But also, again, it was one of six sessions on the weekend. They were on track two hours before that, and they were on track in the very next session the next morning. So I, I really don't think that they let the fans down. No, not at all, not at all. A uh, question about that. We don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. At Kogol 55. Been a little bit selective here, Lewis. Beniston ignoring a team order to help the team to victory. Penalty from team? Question mark. See, I'd, I'd wonder where... This is obviously Mike Crash. I wonder where this is coming from, because did they? Did you see anything on TV that suggested the team wanted Beniston to let Gertz by? No. No? Okay, I don't know where this is coming from. I did ask... In the Racer review pod, I did ask Adam Wheeler this. Obviously... Um Beniston winning the moto was great for Yamaha, and it was great for the team, and it, uh, it helped the team have two riders on the podium. But if you're Yamaha, would you have rather Gertz got by, knock Beniston off the podium, but win the GP and gain points? What would you have pr- like it's a hard decision, because what two riders on the podium is great for Yamaha, but also they want to win this title, and in a way, Beniston cost their title threat on Sunday. So yeah, like, but
2: I, I it's two points. Yeah, but every point counts. Well, it does. If Garrett didn't fall off all the time, or have like you know up and down races. So if if it, you know, I, I I think fair play. He's got his win.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying like right or wrong. I'm just saying I wonder what side Yamaha actually, truly deep in their stomachs wanted.
2: Well, hopefully they supported the the upcoming Benestan, who's. Yeah. done well
1: at f in carbone would it have would it have, would it make sense to have race one on saturday and race two on sunday no <laughs> don't like that
2: one bit Do you know that. what i like that because if you have a biggie in race one and you're a bit bruised in at least you get the whole night to recuperate and recover yeah,
1: but isn't that you're normally worse for next morning because the adrenaline's left your body etc cetera, etc cetera.
2: well you, that used to happen, Lewis, but there's this thing called armor reload. Oh and armor reload is really good at replacing uh, all the things that your body's missing, especially things like potassium and what stuff Are you are talking a very, about uh, balanced? Uh, oh literally all God. the ingredients who are listed. The hell cares? Uh, um, I would recommend armor reload for anybody who rides or trains. Next day, get rid of those aches either
1: way i hate that idea um i think all no i think the sunday format is fine you keep the sunday format and you never change that that is great that is perfect that does not need to be looked at and as the riders said they would have never done what they did on a sunday in a main moto if it was points on the line blah 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 i think the sunday format does not need to be touched saturday is a blank canvas you can do whatever you want with saturday go wild
2: I at, I would like to see the on the Saturday, I'd like to see the whole EMX 250 um, like the replacement of the EMX 250 with um, 40 riders qualifying for MX2 well, like, you know, plus the MX2 riders that's what I'd yeah, like to whatever. see
1: yeah, whatever I'd like to see that um, uh, at J underscore Harrison 153 why do you think GPs have half a start gate? Do you want to know what I've noticed? Uh, please tell us. This we're asking this question about GPs. Why don't the why don't the national championships have full gates? Because that's a bigger problem and that is obviously the genesis of the MXGP problem.
2: Do you know what? We've talked about this endlessly and um, it all comes down to this, right? This is how it is. If you look even the go to club racing now uh, or nationals you'll see exactly the same thing. There is a massive amount of sandbaggers out there currently because now it's all about winning. So it's not about applying themselves and getting better by riding against faster riders. People aren't like that anymore. That's gone. That's like so 10 years ago. Now it's all about, you know, what is the point? No one's going to see you in uh, 25th but they will see you in first, second, or third, or fourth um, in the race. So that's, that's the mentality now. Most people would, rather than go and test themselves at British championship or national thing, they'll go to an amateur race and win it. That's yeah,
1: it. I think, we're, I think we're quite clear on that.
2: Yeah. The um, mentality sucks.
1: I'll ask this question. Sucks ass. I'll ask this question because funny, I hope. <laughs> Just, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Taylor Witt, heard of that person? Nope, me neither. <laughs> At Taylor Witt, Taylor Witt. When will Lewis buy James out of MX Vice? Yes. Should we talk now?
2: Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, I will uh, sell it for the investment I've put in, which so far is about seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds. You know what? Call it seven hundred and fifty-one. Checks in the mail. Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've invested over the 10 years. So if anybody wants to buy MX Vice is 750k. And you get Lewis free.
1: Oh, I don't know about that. Um uh, Davis284, your guys' picks for GB Nations team 2022. Any rumors? It's gotta be dean max ben at the top of the list in some formation all f- uh, dean i wouldn't put dean on a 250 but you could put max on a 250 or you could put ben on a 250 if i could i would have dean 450 ben on a pro circuit 250 and then max 450 open um now i hear rumors that dean may not want to do it in which case i would go tommy hello
2: yeah no, it's not a bad shout um uh but then you had the Sunday night race last week in Adam Sterry beat Tommy
1: yeah but that was a 10 minute moto you had to pick a peg for gate pick
2: scrambling um, that's called scrambling this
1: I think no I think Tommy's at a really good level this year so I don't think he I think he would slot right into the nations and do well um I'd put him ahead of Conrad I think and I'd yeah, I guess I'd put him ahead of Sterry. I mean, maybe maybe Sterry does a couple of GPs coming up and proves and like really shows something and shows that he's on a top 10 pace. And then that changes the game a little bit. But based on the data we have at the moment, um, yeah, my three would be Dean, Ben, Max. And then my first reserve would be Tommy.
2: So you'd put Tommy above Sterry and Conrad?
1: Yeah, that, would, that is exactly what I just said. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just clarifying. Um, uh let's see here oh this is a very good one blake maitland adding on to lewis's idea make mx3 brackets the 125 class he's he's effectively renamed emx 125 mx3 to an official class not european 14 to 19 years old and it runs at all european rounds i like that i mean
2: yeah i'm sold on that i like that get rid of the
1: mx250 introduce that format i'm in
2: Yeah.
1: Call it MX3, call it MXD, like they do in Australia, MX development, uh, whatever. Yeah. I I like that idea. I like that a lot. I mean, it is a, the event, the argument is that's a lot of time and a lot of cost, but it gives riders around Europe a chance to compete when they are developing. So they can do one round a year and then maybe two rounds a year and then eventually five rounds a year, you know? I, I
2: still I still think... I I would add that. I would add that 125 to say 10 rounds, 10 European rounds, and have a 10-round 10, 10 uh, championship. I would also scrap the MX250 and have basically a qualifying race for MX2. I and just realized seeded, that... Yeah. Seeded MX2 riders, and then the next 20 are, are qualifying. So you have 40 riders or 60 riders all going for um, 20 places.
1: Um... I just realized he added a, there was a second part to that. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Run it all European rounds on a Sunday like the other main classes and run one European class on a Saturday like WMX, EMX two strokes, 85s,
2: whatever. Yep. I'm
1: sold. Yep. yep. If, uh, you, if, you
2: speak to, if you speak to most people who go to GPs, if you're traveling, yes, you want to go um, both days. If you're from that country, if you speak to most people, they don't really want to go for a whole weekend. Most of them will just go for a day's racing.
1: Well, um, I actually, I actually, this, this hit me when I was on Pulp, and I said this, because I, I don't know why this hasn't entered my head before. I know a lot of people that go for Saturday only, because it's cheaper to get a Saturday ticket. You see a race anyway, so you've, you've seen a race, and you can watch Sunday Live anyway. So, I know a lot a lot of people who go just for Saturday, so although you could say the qualifying race helps the fan experience, maybe it also hurts the fan numbers because you can just go Saturday, see a race for cheaper, maybe it's not as busy, so you get to do more stuff, and then just go home and stay at home on Sunday. Obviously if you're traveling internationally, you're not going to do that, but talking about fans country to country, maybe that does happen uh. Phil Mallens, make the qualifying race a bit more attractive. Top 10 score points. Get a watch manufacturer on board. A nice watch for the winner. Rant over. See you in Germany. No, I don't think that was much of a rant. That was quite nice. Nah, nice um, good. Uh, the, the riders won't go for that. We, we People forget, t- the end of 2015, they did release a press release saying, right, from next year the top 5 riders in will score points in the qualifying race, and then a month later, they released a press release saying that idea has been scrapped because everyone complained so yeah, the riders just don't the riders don't want points in the qualifying race because that kind of makes it worse because then you really do have to lay it all on the line for a third time on the weekend.
2: yeah, uh, yeah, we've done that to death
1: Jack Jack l Hyde. When will Lewis finally interview his new favourite rider, Lagenfelder? I've interviewed him loads. Have you? Uh, Argentina, uh, Mantova, uh, um Three maybe times. I haven't, maybe I haven't actually interviewed him since Argentina. No, I interviewed him in Spain. It was very short because he was leaving the track, but I did interview him.
2: Speak to him every week, old laggy. Okay, so four out of ten times. That's pretty much quite good. How many times have you interviewed Jeremy? That's more interviews than I've done with Ben this year.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, but Ben's Sorry. not your favourite at the moment, is he?
1: No, it's just... It's, you've got to give him some space. It's hard to find this year. Because he's in a bloody goldfish bowl, I can't really, like, see him. Because, <laughs> like, you can't really see in those because they've got a bit of tint on them and stuff. Um, oh, Phil Mallins again. Oh, I guess this was actually part one of his rant. You say about media from, 10 t- from 12 till 2. Actually, no, I say 10 till 1. Just to clarify. Um, What does that even mean? When you're sat on the side of a track and and it's pissing it down and freezing, you need something to look forward to. Time practice is all well and good, only if you have any idea what is going on. Yeah, but when I say media, I don't just mean media. I kind of say that, but I mean like fan stuff. Do a parade lap. Do opening ceremonies. Maybe Monster go, right, we've got three hours to work with. Let's do something crazy good for the fans. Maybe Red Bull come up with an idea. Like, basically, mark those three hours as a time when to entertain yeah you can yeah let's be entertained and you've got to figure you've got to remember okay this is like there are also i was i was the little kid once who was going to the race solely with the goal of getting an autograph i don't think i really cared about the racing so much i was more interested in seeing my heroes
2: yeah so me too
1: i think from that point of view this could be good and maybe you just open it up a bit more make it a bit more of an immersive experience yeah. like i say do opening ceremonies do a hot lap um i do agree that if they went to time qualifying you would have to know what's going on so maybe they need a big screen or a commentator who's good good sound system so you can hear it everywhere but yeah not bad points but um some i agree with some don't oh there was there was actually three parts to that rent rant so what, I missed there's some. another one that uh, there's an intro to it so
2: okay so you completely messed up his question well twitter has done it in a very weird order for some reason i'd like to apologize to you phil um and what you wrote on my, uh, what you wrote on my truck phil is still on there
1: okay uh 420 what's the future for standing construct a satellite team for which manufacturer uh, put it this way short and sweet standing construct is such a good team that they will find that they will be if they're not with if they're not austrian manufacturer next year they will be snapped up by someone because they are too good a team to be left on the sidelines and side note a rider told me from another manufacturer told me once that standing construct is a team they dream of riding for so there you go are you by standing construct as well uh no, I think if you look and you see that Monticelli, Cohnoff, Max, Jonas, Bogus, they all went in did amazing and whatever. Like everyone it's everyone goes to standing and does well. It's not a coincidence. Like it's quite clear for all to see, no? Why wouldn't you notice that and want that involved in your program if you can, if you if you obviously have the means to do it? Um but yeah. Uh let's see, let's see. Chris United 93, final question. A more aggressive Jeremy with determination and confidence whilst using his voice to take a stance over the weekend. Is he more of a dangerous threat to challenge Geyser over Prado? That It depends on his bike. If his bike stays in this sweet spot, then that's an interesting question. But then Prado is only gonna get better as he continues to recover. Hello? Hello. Hi. Lots of that, this podcast. Are you there? Yep, I'm still here. I'm listening to you. Well, I kind of left it open there for you to jump in, but never mind. I don't Um, need to. It's the Lewis Phillips show. Okay, that's brilliant. Thank you for that. Um, Answer it. I left it open for you. I can't remember what I said now, so you're going to have to remember (laughs) yourself.
2: Um, I'm actually sat here trying not to cough, by the way. So, um, uh, so a, a determined Jeremy...
1: Basically, if Jeremy continues like this, is he more of a threat to Geyser than Prado? Well,
2: it's not too many points in it, isn't it? Between the two. So um
1: Yeah, but I don't think we're talking championship-wise, because honestly, championship-wise, I don't think anyone's a threat to Geyser. But no. let's say race by race.
2: Look, we we have been waiting a long time this year to see that from Jeremy, which we kind of expected to see more of this year. So we we knew, well, we we talked about at the start of the year that he could be a dark horse for the title. That was the that was the discussion um in sort of January, February. It's just, you know, it's June and we we've just seen the best the best of Jeremy. So if we get another round, like you say, if he goes out and, and dominates Tushin Tao and, and goes one one, then I think it's going to be really interesting with what he can do in the second part of this year. Um and how people like Geyser and Renault and everybody else respond to it because we've never, I do not think we've seen him over the last sort of three or four years, um, you know, put together two, three, four, um, you know, really like back to back wins or, or one twos or two ones or or whatever. If he can do that and starts to assert himself and that little bit of belief and confidence, um, you know, especially not, not just in him, but also the bike, it could be really interesting.
1: The more guys in the mix, the better.
2: yeah, so hopefully... it's just, it just makes for great racing. like I, I know I know I keep joking about like guys are bore off. the guy is that good, um, but it doesn't make for the championship to be exciting, especially when we were absolutely spoiled last year with what we've seen, and then this year, it's just nice to see different people win. I, um I saw a
1: TikTok trend earlier. That i was going to use about mxgp 2021 um so maybe look out for that if i can be asked okay <laughs> just just to get everyone really excited we, we can't wait <laughs> um right that's liat ask if i say anything known for producing the world's most effective neck braces liat continues to evolve year after year the 2022 gear is now available worldwide And there are many lines for you to consider. The 3.5 ride kit, which is an affordable combo, the 4.5 jersey and pants, the 4.5 enduro jersey and pants, and the 5.5 jersey and pants. There is so much to consider. There is an advanced range of moto helmets at Liat too, including the 9.5 carbon, 8.5 composite, 7.5 and 3.5. The Liat helmets are available in a broad range of striking colours to suit all tastes. The 9.5, 8.5, and 7.5 helmets also come with a free pair of bulletproof Velocity goggles. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on liat.com. That was part two of the MXY show, presented by Scott Sport. The Scott Prospect Amplifier Goggle not only defends, but also amplifies your vision while riding. The advanced pre-curved lenses are injection moulded to provide greatly improved contrast and optical clarity, allowing you to see contours and transitions in the dirt like never before. With over 50 years of experience producing market-leading goggles for the motocross and off-road market, the engineers at Scott have taken off-road optical performance to the next level with the Scott Amplifier Prospect Goggle. The Scott Amplifier tint is designed to let some specific colors through to your eye, while filtering out others to create a high contrast within the terrain you are looking at. What are the main benefits of this technology? It allows you to see contours, ruts, and transitions in the dirt in ultra high definition. Works for motocross, enduro, rally, and everything in between. It builds rider confidence and speed through improved visual clarity. Get yours now at your local dealer or online at scott-sports.com and amplify your. Vision. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Props Racing Parts for Supercross Video Pass, MXGP TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armor Nutrition. That's part two. We'll be back with part three in just a minute or two. See you in a bit. You
0: are listening to the MX Vice Show. Even Strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross. Built by motocross enthusiasts, Evenstrokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track. Shop now for Yoko, Alpine Stars, Fast House, and more at evenstrokes.com.
1: Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAC continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles. Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com.
0: The MX Vice Show. Welcome back to
1: episode 101 of the MX Vice Show podcast. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGPTV, TV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armor New. this is the final part of episode 101 and the final part is brought to you by prox racing parts who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed oem quality all parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world hence why everything that prox racing parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require many of the prox parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the oems Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. And when you go to pro-x.com now to learn more, you'll find a parts finder, which is very easy to use. What you do is you drop in your make, model, and year of your bike, and then you get a long list of every single product that uh, Procs do for your bike. And spoiler alert, it's just about everything. Air filters, bearings, brake parts, cables... Clutch parts, connecting rods, cooling system, crankshafts, baskets, fuel management, hour meters, oil filters. I could be here all day, but that's just a little look at what Prox can do for you. Not only is it the best quality in the industry, it's also the most affordable. Win win with Prox. Win win off the track and then win off the track, thanks to uh, win on the track, thanks to Prox. Right, James.
2: Yes, Lewis. MX2. Yes, MX2. Uh Um I I don't know if you've seen this, but um have you been on to MXGP.com today? Uh yeah, but I don't really look at it, I just go straight to the results. Okay, have you read the interview with Giuseppe Luongo? Yep,
1: that was an MX large interview. It was it published was. Monday.
2: Yeah. Thoughts?
1: Uh just like that's
2: to be expected, no? Hmm okay it's it's not like you to sit on the fence
1: well no i just think uh, nothing in there surprised me it was all very much exactly what um it's all very much exactly what i would have expected giuseppe to say okay. uh, so the mx2 class um the definitely wasn't the fastest rider in the mx2 class in france but he did still win Which is obviously a good sign, a good sign in one way for his title hopes, but also Gertz definitely seems to have a speed advantage at the moment. One thing that aids both of those riders as they search for glory is the fact that they're both using Rentful handlebars. For winning brand in manufacturing and design for the last half century, Rentful continues to lead the world at the very top level of the sport. Amassing more championship titles than all competing brands combined, Rentfall's records are unsurpassable with 240 US titles, 232 world titles for 471 major championship titles combined. Thanks to the hard work and dedication to detail, the Rentfall factory has been helping world-class riders achieve their championship goals since the beginning in 1969. And uh, Rentfall obviously lead the MXGP World Championship, the MX2 World Championship, and then... um. Uh, both classes in pro motocross as well but you don't need me to tell you that you know that rentful is the best in the business so yeah like i was saying vial definitely wasn't the fastest rider in france but still he won so i don't know how you look at that because you even that is that is either a very good thing or you say well
2: gertz does have a speed advantage i think it's one of those things which you expect from a world champion that you know even even when he's not at his best, he's still winning races. And I think that just goes to show, you know, he, he's, he's got an 11 point lead. Um, again, he done what he needed to do and, you know, he, he, he's still got that lead. He actually increased his lead by a point. If he continues to do that throughout the rest of the year, a point here, two points there, he's going to build up that buffer of, uh, of, of a moto. um, And then he can start to relax a little bit.
1: I still back Vial for this championship. Because, I guess, because Gertz was the fastest rider, and yet he didn't get the job done, which has kind of been my thing all along. That's why I believe that Vial will be the one to win this championship. But then also, I can understand why you would go, well, Gertz is faster, so he'll find a way.
2: I I think it's, it's Vial's to lose at the moment, just because what we started with this like oh wow gertz is is the best version of himself it started you know he didn't have that you know um you know that mistake then go out and like win or you just say like the odd motos and then what happened after about 5 or 6 rounds it started to creep in with those little mistakes whether the pressure got to him i don't know but um it's like he started off the year super composed Best version we've seen of him. And then just these little things are happening. And that's how Viao has just kept chipping away in in literally is has found himself 11 points in the lead. I I would not be surprised um if if Viao wins this a, again. Um and if that's the case, if you're a Yago, do you just say, right, okay, I've done everything I can in, in MX two? um now it's time to to go to mxgp what do you think um could you do you see him winning this championship i think this is the to to lose i do
1: think this is the to lose but then also i feel like no matter what happens guts will be in mx2 next year because i think what i think will happen is yamaha will re-sign cold to a one-year deal Gertz will be an MX2 champion or not next year and then they will hope that in that time Gertz will mature enough to iron out these silly mistakes and be ready to take that third spot at Yamaha. I would think that Yamaha don't think he's ready at this point.
2: But I don't think it's I don't the way that we've seen Benestan um rise over the last few years we we could it could be like the whole how we have seen Renault where where you know, Renault was world champion. It wouldn't surprise me next year if we see Benestan, um, you know, Benestan, Gertz, and Benestan winning the championship next year.
1: I think next year Lagenfelder and De Wolf will have will match Gertz's speed, if not be better than him.
2: Yeah, I, I think, I think those two Benestan, um, I think they're going to be hard. I, I mean, Gifton's still got another year, hasn't he? Yeah, so is Hawkman. Is Hawkman uh, got another year? Yeah, one more. I didn't uh, realise. I thought he had to go up after this. I thought this was his last uh, year in MX2. I'm pretty sure he's got one more year. Uh, Are you sure? I don't know. I think this is his last year.
1: No, I'm pretty sure he's got one more year. Okay. Yeah, he's 21.
2: Well, if he's got another year, that's promising. Especially if he if he, you know, stays with F and H and works with Mark for another year.
1: Yeah, we'll see about that. Um I um I've never been that impressed with Beniston. Until now uh, I don't know why He's just never really? really like He's never really like Caught my attention Or really like I don't know He's never really like Yeah he's just never really Caught my attention but
2: Not even last year?
1: No Just never really I've, I've always kind of been Indifferent to him Like a little bit eh? Meh
2: um, But Because he, he, second... he won two murders Last year in Italy In um, Latvia Was it Latvia? Yep No uh, Italy and Lockett I think Lockett no. actually, yeah. Yeah. yeah It was Lockett Yeah but still, you know, those two moto wins didn't didn't do anything. Meh. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, but that second moto, uh, the way he handled the pressure from behind and also the crowd.
2: Yeah, that was impressive. The,
1: the speed, I think, I was very impressed. And also, strangest thing, um, was what happened on the start of that uh, first moto, tow, because he was just sat there when the gates dropped. I'm guessing his bike had died and he but then it, like f- 20 seconds later he set off so i guess guessing he couldn't start it was just smashing the electric start and then it fired into life because when the gates dropped he was definitely sat there like well i'm not going anywhere so i don't really understand what happened there and also bizarre that that happened to him but we've never seen gertz have that problem
2: but hey yeah. but to come through to eighth was impressive
1: yeah all uh, yeah Ernay erne was the first time that beniston i really left the track going wow beniston was good because last year i think he only had one podium which is kind of
2: disgraceful. Maybe really? that's a harsh word. <laughs> I was going to say that's harsh. <laughs> the year before he was doing the MX250.
1: Yeah, but for, for, for winning two motos last year, being on a factory team, he should have had more than one podium. Could you say, well, what about
2: Guadagini? He had more than... He won two GPs, let alone podiums. Okay. Uh, DeWolf was on
1: the podium three times.
2: Okay, so you Point think Point proven. That, okay, so you, I, I think that's a little bit harsh
1: i think that's why benison didn't impress me last year because comp- the people who comp who i was comparing him with guadagnini and de wolf far 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 more impressed me
2: mm. i think i still think you're a bit harsh
1: he was in the shadows a
0: little bit bit harsh
1: hmm uh Horgme was good steady didn't make any mistakes so that's good i think he crashed three times in one moto in spain so there's none of that which is uh an improvement um, Lagenfelder was good. I'm, I'm in on Lagenfelder still. I'm all, I'm all over it.
2: What do you think? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sold on Lagenfelder. I, ever since Mally, I, I'm in. I, you know, I I'm completely understand. But again, Liam Evans put in another solid day. Okay, poor Lagenfelder. Just. No, I, to the side. no from, from where Liam's come from to where he is now, I I think that is, you know, it's crazy to think how good he's got in such a short space of time. Yeah, I'm not sure if anyone ever thought he would be this good. No, there, there's no,
1: like... We the, are on the verge of an Everts podium.
2: Yeah. Like it's coming. And it, it, when it comes, it's not going to be a surprise with the way he's riding at the moment. I... I gotta be honest, he this year is a massive surprise. I didn't I didn't see him being challenged in the top five like he is.
1: I just noticed fifth through seventh in the MX two class. Gas gas, KTM, gas gas, KTM, 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 KTM. Austria just got fifth through eleventh on lock.
2: Yeah. It is the and two first. Yams. The two Yams and obviously the you know, Horikamo and the Kawasaki. Honda not doing so much, hey? No,
1: but I I think I've I've kind of asked this question of Honda because they aren't doing much and they don't really have that development program in place. And they're so reliant on Geyser that when Geyser leaves to retire, I mean, in a couple of years, I feel like they might be like,
2: ah, shit. (laughs) But yeah, which is Ah, crazy because if you look across the Atlantic, um, their Honda program at the moment is on fire. But yet in Europe or, you know, this side of the Atlantic and the rest of the world, you know honda are really struggling like you say it, like they've literally it feels like they've they've literally put everything like if they're in a casino they've put it all on on geyser yeah literally um it, yeah
0: they, i mean it's just what, i feel
2: like when geyser it, what happens when when there is no geyser
1: well they're gonna have to try and poach someone from another team aren't they
2: which i guess they hrc they can do of course, but they've not got anybody coming through. Like, if you think about Yamaha, if you think about uh, Austria, they, they are developing riders, but Honda oh, I, don't seem to be doing that. I wonder if that's because they don't see
1: the MX2 class as something that's worth winning.
2: But isn't the ho- whole idea of manufacturers being involved in the world stages all about selling bikes?
1: Yeah, and Geyser's, I'd imagine that Geyser is doing that, because... But not on a 250. Yeah, but I, do you not watch Geyser and go? Yeah, I'll buy a Honda two fifty. No. Yeah, Geyser looks trick. I'll buy a Honda two fifty. You know, like
2: nah, nah. Jet Lawrence rides a two fifty. I want a two fifty Honda.
1: Yeah, but like I w- when I was younger, I would watch whatever race and be like, oh, he looks good on the Yamaha, and then buy an eighty five Yamaha. Like,
2: yeah, sure, but not, I don't think too many people were out there going Stephen Rubini looks cool on the on a honda 250 i'm gonna go and get what i'm
1: saying is like you're saying it's class for class i'm saying that like i would watch chad reed on a 450 yamaha and go oh the yamaha looks sick i'll buy a yamaha 85 like not chad reed isn't racing a yamaha 85 but still seeing him on that impacts my decision
2: i don't know because i i think when i was younger um i like i was more about the setup of what people were wearing as in kit but when i looked at what bikes people are on i would always look at the people who are at the front of my class so when you're at nationals and stuff like that, if someone's winning on a Kawasaki, you're like, I need a Kawasaki. I, I eh. think that's more relevant for kids. I don't think kids look at um, Cooper Webb and go, I need a Yamaha dad. And their dad's going to go wherever he's winning on Orange, son. Eh. I, I, this, you're the wrong person to ask on this.
1: Why? I bought bikes. I didn't not myself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm definitely talking to the wrong person here. Um, that Adamo podium seems like a
1: very distant memory.
2: You know, I've been riding high on, a- on Adamo and, and Ferrato. In Adamo... I've never been there. I was. And it seems to that he's peaked and it doesn't feel like he's going to go any further. Where actually, at the first part of this year, I was thinking the sky's a limit. And, and suddenly the, the sky's dropped.
1: He is almost invisible out there. Like, you don't notice him. He's I don't just know what's happened. Something's,
2: something's happened, and I don't know what, if only well, I was a journalist. You know, there are people who say that actually getting your second podium or
1: second win is actually harder than the first, because doing it once is like, wow, I did it. And then doing it a second time is like, Jesus, this is, yeah.
2: Yeah. Trying I to repeat
1: that is hard work.
2: I don't know whether it's his starts. I don't know what bike settings. He's got a, he's
1: got a factory engine in that bike, so. Yeah.
2: Maybe a conversation. Maybe Maybe, Maybe a, a conversation. conversation, that'd be great. Let's get let's get to the bottom of that. Yeah, sure. Because it was um, promising. It was very, very promising. Uh, there was uh, there was one race. Okay, tell me about the Hitachi boys because that's what I want to know. What's what going do you on? Know? Well, just what's going on there? Because obviously, Kay's is back. He he seems to be doing well. Um, Gifting just makes uh, Gifting wants it too much. It's a
1: good way of putting it. He just makes mistakes. Trying too hard that much, yes, trying too hard. Um, but the speed is still there. He will still be on the podium this year. If he doesn't get on the podium this year, he may like punch a wall or something. I think that will very much piss <laughs> him off. Very but angry. The speed is still there. He just needs to iron out the little mistakes. Kai, on the other hand,
2: cast makers. Yeah. Um, tenth in the second race. Very good. Very very good. How, How old is moved? he? He's really young as well, isn't he? Was he sixteen? Seven,
1: I don't know. Yeah,
2: um, but he I went like from fourteenth to tenth, which is like
1: very good. And on a track, you definitely wouldn't say that's his conditions. No. Um, so,
2: yeah, yeah he, um,
1: I think I think he has proven himself that he will be a consistent top ten guy here shortly before yeah. the end of the year.
2: I, I think Hitachi got a little diamond there. It'd be interesting to um, see if they nail him down for um, the foreseeable future. Well, he's on a two-year deal. Two year, be, it would be, be good if they extended that. I'm sure probably Roger and the team are probably thinking about that as well he's a he's a good one for the future um one one thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, again someone who was riding high um and has had a little a few little uh, knockbacks is is Harrop
1: yeah, quite crazy because he was tied for third in the championship not too long ago, and now he is uh forty two yeah, points yeah. behind third so so what what's been happening? Well, he can't figure out his starts for the life of him. Um, the bike, the same with the mapping of the bike. The bike just isn't good at starts at GPs, but for some reason, at practice tracks and doing practice starts, it's absolutely amazing. And something happens at GPs that they can't, that no one can figure out. Apparently. Wow,
2: he's very confused. Okay, because it was going, very it confused. was going so so well. Yeah, he was on the verge of a GP win. Yeah, we, we were we were riding high. What four 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 races ago, something like that. And it I just mean, that seems to.
1: Gone, but you haven't seen him up front at all off the start, and that obviously yeah. is a major player. Yeah, exactly.
2: Player. I think that's that. That's the thing. It's like, what? Well, what? Well, let's let's see. When was the last time? He, what did he get fourth in Sardinia? Was it? Mm. Was it podium? Well, he, podium, had three, podium po- he had three podium. Podiums podiums Portugal. In a row. Yeah.
1: yeah. Argentina. Trentino. Portugal.
2: Yeah. Or tr- Trentino, Portugal. Trentino. Portugal, Trentino. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, if we could figure that out, that'd be great.
1: I, I literally have just told you the answer. I figured it out in Spain. You really need to listen to the post-race podcast. The
2: starts you just told me. Yeah, but you
1: just said if we could figure out that if we could figure that out, that would be great. No,
2: like no, no, have. no. I meant as in, as we the team. Oh, sorry, I didn't. As you were on the no, team. No, no, sorry, we the team. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should have clarified that. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, I have
1: nothing else to say about MX2.
2: No, but um, do you not want to talk about Everett's at all? Oh, we
1: literally did
2: i know but like i didn't feel like you gave too much to the conversation I we
1: are on the verge of an Everts podium you want to talk about something you didn't give you didn't give much to Slackenfeld. So you just skim right over him um i've no idea what happened to him in the second race but he started third from last for some reason uh and did well to come back to fifth got stuck behind adam and harrop for far too long but rode really well and i'm interested to see what happens this weekend because obviously it's his home gp First time he's gone to a home GP with the expectation of you must podium. like That's what the fans are of. Yeah, like he could win. This is what I'm interested to see. Uh, Is he going to crash and
2: burn or is he going to rise up? Tushin Tao, Matali. You know, both hard pack. Both very jumpy. I don't know. I, I, I quite fancy him for the win this weekend. Well, yeah, but that's not
1: really the biggest thing, is it? The biggest thing is whether he can handle the pressure, the expectation. Like, it's going to be a busy weekend with signings and people wanting a piece of his time. So that's the biggest question mark. And as we've seen recently, Prado didn't deliver for the Spanish fans. Renault didn't deliver
2: for the French fans. It's not a good year for home GPs. Well, I think think maybe we kind of underestimate how tough it is. You know, we've seen that with Tommy at, at British GPs before. Um, met, many other Tommy. riders
1: Tommy has always performed
2: at a British GP I can't yeah, think but, of one time Tommy yeah, didn't but perform just, at a British GP yeah but just the pressure the, you know like I single Tommy out as in like when you go to a GP and you, and you see Tommy and you see the amount of people around him the fans you know yeah I can see why some riders do you know do find that a little bit kind of yeah uh, well yeah like you say Prado with a with Spanish GP as well
1: yeah, we're just not doing very well with home GPs this year.
2: <laughs> no. So we're on a bit of a bad streak. But I think... Maybe, maybe... I not it's tough to say. Maybe he can break it this week.
1: He's I definitely... Mean, I don't know. It's hard, because I would say he's definitely got to speed to podium, but then also, so has Beniston, so has Horgmo, so as Everts now, apparently. Like, So it's not... There is a tight little group there who can steal it from him.
2: Yeah. Right, are we done on MXGP and stuff like that? We all cool? Got anything else to add? Well, we've been uh, very
1: efficient this year. We have.
2: I was gonna, well, you, you kind of brushed on Hangtown earlier, and I was just wondering, did you get around to watching Hangtown?
1: No, it was quite a busy weekend. So, you didn't watch I it, managed to watch No, not yet. This point I'm as I say on this podcast every week, I don't think you quite understand what happens, but um, hmm. I just, I did manage to see bits. I saw the last half of actually, I watched 450 Motor One live, yeah. Um, and then I had to take phone calls because Saturday night, my phone was absolutely
2: blowing up off like ridiculous. ladies, just ladies. No, I think it was off the back of that sewer podcast. No, no ladies involved. No sort of French t- no, Tinder. Think, no, I don't think anyone nope. really cared about the sewer. It was just podcast all right men, front. just all men calling you.
1: Yeah. Everyone just wanted to talk about the sewer thing and what was going to happen and blah, blah, blah. And obviously I had to do extra, like really just really ruined my hang time <sighs> plans. Yeah. Damn. But. I am excited to watch Thunder Valley this weekend because it's also a little bit closer to us on time zone so have
2: you ever been to Thunder Valley? no I have How
1: you... okay that's obviously wait yep
2: nice it's really good did you good. enjoy it? It's a... ah yeah amazing it's absolutely fu- just a great great track I love it one of my favourite tracks on this planet
1: my number one um my number one Thunder Valley memory is 2009 uh 250 Moto one or two? one of them 2009
2: was it the seventh lap by any chance
1: it was like a 27 rider battle for the lead like (laughs) in like ridiculous i don't even i don't even know how it happened or how it was possible but it was literally the most ridiculous battle for the lead ever like absolutely insane race i might even watch that right now
2: um do it it. treat yourself treat yourself mate but um yeah speaking of actually you sit Speaking down with a can of monster and you watch. Go and watch two thousand and nine. Speaking of uh, treating yourself, how how old were you in two thousand and nine? Support
1: for MX Vice is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels. I've only just noticed that's that rhyme. Tools for your jewels. Manscaped recently launched for ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MXVICE, or word one caps. That's MXVICE, or word one caps, 20% off, free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. The performance package 4.0 by Manscaped is a game changer. Inside that package, you will find the lawnmower 4.0. The weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of your shit.
2: Not so not literally. Um, also, if anybody is still interested, we do have uh, a new uh, podcast show sort of coming up. A bit of a, you know, we're we'll, we'll going. Well, no, this show, but kind of like you know, next step. And on that show, if if we get twenty cells using the MX Vice code, um, oh, you're going.
1: You've literally made this joke before. You've
2: literally made this exact joke. I think it was last week. You made this exact joke. Then exact Lewis joke. is going to be doing a live shave. He's going to grow El Dorado yeah, back on his face. We heard, we
1: heard it. We heard it last week. This same joke. No, this was your balls. I'm talking about your face. Oh, you've just changed it because you heard what I said. You've you've just tried to
2: pivot slightly. Not entirely. Everybody wants El Dorado back where you got your little little moustache and um, we shave it. MX Vice, all caps,
1: one word. M for motocross, X for xylophone, V for victor, I for igloo, C for Idiot. carrot, E for cock, elephant. MX Vice, all caps, one word, at manscaped.com. 20% off and free
2: worldwide shipping not a good it's not a bad deal so <laughs> it's not a good deal it's not also, a bad deal <laughs> also the first five people that buy manscape lewis will deliver it to your door okay also we don't like okay brilliant i don't
1: have to, okay brilliant thanks for that um and shave you i wish we had brought back um, armor you smarter than a birth this week we should have there's a lot of people who are asking for it i'm just not sure to be honest if you're gonna take it well i feel like in the end it wasn't really taken very well by you. I was fine. In the end, I kind of felt like it was less of a game and more like an, an inconvenience for you. No, no, I'm
2: happy. Let's bring it back. I want to do it. Okay, just I really wasn't getting good. I really didn't like the vibes I was getting. If we do it live as well, live on TV, then you can kind of write down the answers and then show. It'd be great.
1: Well, either way, <laughs> I'm just not sure that I was really like enjoying the vibes I was getting off of you.
2: Ah, <sighs> You always say that. Unless I'm giving you a hug, you don't like it.
1: I literally okay um okay we'll bring that back next week and if you don't take it well it will go away forever so oh. we'll see how you how you do i don't believe i'm
2: the problem make sure you bring a good mood yeah well i, have, I am i'm in a very good mood anything else to add no um when when do you uh, go to germany tomorrow night hamburg i fly to Ooh, that's different significantly
1: cheaper than flying to berlin Okay,
2: and what prices are the flights to Hamburg, if anybody wants to know? It's like 100 quid. <laughs> okay, so get yourself there. Um, Lewis 700 will 700 quid to fly to Berlin.
1: 700? Yeah, it was insane. I wondered, I thought something had happened. I thought there was a Berlin in Australia or something. Bloody hell. Yeah, that's why I was a bit concerned and started looking around, and then I found a flight to Hamburg that was much more reasonable.
2: H- how far is the drive from Hamburg to Tuchenthal? Four and a half hours. Almost quite a bit but it's quite a bit but 600 quid saving times by three you do the math it's quite yeah that's what i mean that's what you gotta do yeah that's what that's what the leader of a business does yeah make these decisions yeah um anything else to add um no no
1: look forward to a mark deruva podcast uh this weekend friday and who knows what's going to come up but what we will talk about is his new book which is now available in english i have one actually i picked it up in uh france excellent and i've i've read parts of it and it's very good it's actually very interesting a lot of interesting stuff about um him being dropped by yamaha at the end of 2007 a lot of interesting stuff about his off the track life which kind of defined his career early on and as you would expect with Mark Deruva, it's very well. The name of the book is open, and it is very open. So, um, you can now get the English version of that. I they can't wait me to, to read shout that.
2: that out. I can't wait to read that. Well, it's it's
1: available now. So if
2: you can't wait, order one now, and then uh, yeah. It. and you you can also read it- um, there is signed uh, signed copies as well available, aren't there? No, I feel I believe that was just for however many pre-orders. God damn it! Nice try though. Um,
1: yeah, so check that out, uh, and also check out MX5 this weekend. We will have a Mark De podcast, and also some sort of reaction to the riders' meeting. Um, you know what I might do is I might offer a rider an umin- an and humanity, <laughs> <Anuminity>? an humanity, Anonymousity. and <laughs> anonymity, anonymity. An annuminity An- i will offer a rider annuminity and then get them to tell me everything that happened and i just will write up what they said and not put their name in that might be, that, that might be a good way of figuring out what was what went on in this meeting but anyway we will see uh, it's sure to be another firecracker that the problem with that is Germany.
2: one of seven writers <laughs> yeah but i'll um that's yeah, fine They'll get kind of it. narrows it down a little bit, and given I... that you're best buds with Pauls and, and Jeremy, then I'm kind of hedging my bets.
1: No, I just I dislike that. Um, everyone says that. Basically, whoever I interview that week, I'm like fucking best friends with. It's very annoying. Uh, yeah. Uh, that is part three of the MX Vice Show, and that was brought to you by Prox Racing Parts, who supply genuine replacement products which meet or even exceed OEM quality. All parts are manufactured to highest quality standard at state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities around the world. Hence why everything that Prox Racing Parts offer exceeds the highest level requirements for all motocross riders require. Many of the Prox Parts are actually made by the same suppliers to the OEMs. Head to pro-x.com now to learn more. Thank you to Fly Racing, Liat, Scott Sports, Rentful, Manscaped, Planet Motor Holidays, Prox Racing Parts, MXGPTV, Even Strokes, Asterix Knee Braces, and Armour Nutrition. Those are the companies you need to support to support this show. Keep it going. Otherwise, we'll go for another six week break. But no one wants that. Well, I do a little bit, but no one else. Uh,. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thank you to listening for epi- thank you for listening to episode one hundred and one. Thank you for listening to all of the MX Vice coverage from the MXGP of France. A lot of very nice comments from everyone. Um, still could have been better, but we try our best. We try our best. Thank you, James Burfield, for co-hosting this show.
2: Thank you, Lewis, for presenting this show.
1: I was your host, Lewis Phillips. We will see you for episode one hundred and two next week, off the back of the MXGP of Germany. See you then.
0: You are listening to the MX Vice show. Even strokes is the newest e-commerce store in motocross built by motocross enthusiasts. Even strokes understands your need and offers all of the products you need for a weekend at the track shop now for Yoko Alpine stars, fast house and more at EvenStrokes.com. Escaping everyday life and riding in Spain
2: has never been better and you can still experience that right now. Planet Moto still have packages available, plus customizable options with the Planet Moto Academy. If you want to hit the tracks like Red Sand as soon as possible, visit planetmoto.co for more information.
1: Known for producing the world's most effective neck braces, LIAT continues to evolve and can now protect riders from head to toe. No matter whether it is their new for 2021 4.5 boot, which offers advanced technology at a mid-range price point, or the all-new 7.5 helmet that comes with free Liat bulletproof velocity goggles, Liat has you covered. Shop Liat's extensive line of off-road gear on www.liat.com.
0: You are listening to the MX Vice Show.